5: And
6: welcome to First Strike here on Vison I'm your host, Dave Ross, here at Circus Sportsbook in fabulous Las Vegas, Nevada. I'm going to be joined by Lou Finnecaro, Jordan Sherwood, Dan Vreeland, and Reed Kuhn in just a second to talk about Ryan Spann against Nikita Krylov here at UFC Apex this Saturday night. But very quickly, when want to look back to last Saturday night right here in Las Vegas at UFC Apex in that main event. Aaron Blanchfield, really a show-stopping performance against Jessica Andrade. Of course, Andraj, the former champion, at 115 pounds, now fighting at 125. And you don't see Andrage, who was the betting favorite for m- much of the week, Uh, Get destroyed like she did in that manner with Blanchfield getting that second round stoppage. And now it looks like young 23 year old Aaron Blanchfield might be in line for the winner of Alexa Grasso against Valentina Shevchenko. That place will take, uh, that bout rather will take place in less than two weeks. And I'm looking at the betting line here. We'll talk about this in full length next week on first strike. But Shevchenko right now over a $5 betting favorite against Grasso. I wonder what that number will look like. If she is successful in this title defense against Grosso and then takes on the 23-year-old phenom, Blanchfield, certainly making her way last Saturday night. Who's going to make their way this Saturday night? Well, let's bring in the guy that you can follow on Twitter, as I do, at Gam and the host of the Bout Business podcast. He is the one and only Lou Finnecaro. And Lou, again, we see these smaller type events before we get to the big pay-per-view cards. And sometimes some of these fighters, like Blanchfield, can really make a name for themselves here in a main event like she did last week. Ryan Spann, Nikita Krylov, these guys are not young. They've been around the block a little bit. But it's a big showcase for these two uh, fighters on Saturday night. I look at the numbers here, not really out of whack here, with Nikita being a, a pretty solid seventy betting favorite right now against Superman Spann. How do you see this fight, and where do you think the lines might go before we get to first strike here on Saturday?
5: Well, first of all, Dave, thanks for having me on. These shows are great, and the perspectives are super as far as this fight is concerned. Uh, Interesting fight. Uh, Both guys top 10, and the winner projects himself top 7, I suppose, but as a threat into the division. Uh, Interesting that I'll go right to the total at 1.5, and Mm. and I think that's reflective of each guy's abilities. Listen, uh, uh, Krilov in his two stints in the UFC and all professional fights has 28 wins. Of his 28 wins, 26 have gone via the finish. Mm. 21 of those 26, first round. Now we go to Span. same story. 21 wins, 18 finishes. Of his 18, 16 in the first round. Now I understand the one and a half total, and we see that we got two explosive guys. But really, when I handicap each, I do see span as the athletic, powerful, bludgeoning kicks, uh kind of a fighter. but, I see Krilov a little bit more premeditated, patient even though his record is more impressive with the finishes than Spans is. He has the ability in my opinion to take this fight deep, to take Span where he doesn't want to go, where he hasn't been, and for that reason I think that Krilov is the your legitimate favorite. He opened 150, he's now 170. I don't think that the number moves so much any further. Uh, but those interested in Krillov, I would probably say you should move now as opposed to waiting. And
6: that's uh, the beauty of doing this show on Tuesdays here for the full hour of first strike, as what Lou's getting at here. If you are on the side of the favorite here, that number, if anything, probably will go up a little bit, maybe not get out of, out of control. We saw last week with Blanchfield, the number really came down almost to a pick fight by the time we got to Saturday night. Uh, when you talk about the total and that one-and-a-half, again, potentially a five-round fight, I think you just diagrammed it perfectly, right, that you would think that Nikita would want to utilize uh, a longer uh, fight in a, in a short case here at UFC Apex. Span, maybe the cardio can be an issue. Sometimes you feel like the adrenaline dump can happen, He can be explosive, but can he do it over a length of time? So the longer the fight goes, you think that favors Nikita, and the shorter the fight goes uh, favors
5: the Superman? I think that's how I view it, Dave. Again, both guys are able to finish, and if Span walks into something, krilov has got the power that Johnny Walker has, Mm -hmm. and Johnny Walker iced him after he was wobbly. So, Span can walk into something. Uh, I think there's an opportunity in that total based on these two guys' history. They have to put it at one and a half. I really think that I, I lean to Krilov here, and I think it definitely goes over one and a half.
6: Right now, plus money, plus a dollar here uh, to go over that one and a half round prop, minus $1. thirty if you like the under. Let's go to the, go to the co-main event here. Uh, let's go down a weight class here to middleweight with Brendan Allen in there. Uh, a solid underdog that we're seeing uh, so far in this fight against Andre Muniz. Uh, What do you make of that with Brendan Allen? Because here's another guy that can look so spectacular in a given fight, and then maybe the next time you go, well, we got to slow down that hype train here. 27-year-old here for Allen, 33 for Andre Muniz.
5: Yeah, two grapplers. I mean, in, in each's ideal fight, they get the other guy to the ground and roll where they're dominant. I think in this fight, I may have to give Muniz a little edge on the ground, and I don't think Allen is going to. Allen's issue has always been IQ. The the guy has really a solid grappling game. His striking's improved since Sean Strickland beat the brakes out of him. And he's dabbled in more UFC fights and been in, I believe, with a higher octane opponent than Muniz, who's coming off a struggle with Uriah Hall. I, I think that this fight was lined correctly at its opening, Dave, and that was a pick 'em. And so now we've seen a wave of action come in on Muniz based on his talent. And I think in time, he does have the higher upshoot of the two. But right now, I think Allen's in perfect position mm. to upset the apple cardamom is, and I think there's value at, what, plus 175? I'm seeing some 195s out there as well. Here's one you might want to be patient and just wait and see how this line moves. If it continues to go up, remain patient. If you're an Allen backer, if not, you better take the news quickly. Cause I think there's going to be more coming on. Here.
6: Uh, exactly right. I'm seeing the same way, the way we've seen this, this fight steamed already. If you like Allen here for two grapplers, as you mentioned, and, Lou, normally when you hear that, right, when you hear grapplers, you think over. You think for a potential three-round fight here in the co-main event for guys that want to get down there, maybe get some stall time on the ground. What about the finishing potential when these guys do hit the deck? Because, again, you would think for that equation, two and a half is where it would be priced. No, it's one and a half, slightly juiced at minus $1.40 for the over one and a half, but not out of control here at the under, some plus money at plus $1.10 because we know these guys, yeah, they want to wrestle, but they certainly you see the sub prices here, plus a dollar twenty for Andre for Brendan, it's plus seven fifty. So you would think it favors the the favorite if it goes down to the ground and we get a stoppage.
5: I think Muniz is going to play NFL linebacker and immediately attack Allen. Uh Allen had trouble staying on his feet against Jacob Malcoon and Muniz is bigger, stronger more athletic, than, and, and I'm not taking anything away from Mal Uh, But this is going to have to be Allen deciding to keep this thing on the feet. That's how I believe he gets it deep and takes is where he doesn't want to go, past the first round, test his cardio. And I think Allen has the tools to get up if he finds himself on the ground or at least compete enough to get the thing back standing where I believe he has the slight edge. So it's going to be a dynamic fight, an excellent, excellent matchmaking uh, situation. And I can't wait to watch it. But I think uh, if Muniz is the favorite, it should be 130, 135, not
6: 215. Yeah, it's, it's starting to really get close to that. Maybe it's uh, well over $2 by the time we get to fight day here on Saturday. Uh, let's go down this a little bit. One of the biggest uh, favorite on the board here, you can understand uh, when you look at the Tatiana Suarez back in the octagon here, she is a sizable favorite here. I'm seeing minus seven fifty now over Montana De La Rosa. And again, we've seen Montana do some things in the octagon and some of the Ultimate Fighter series as well. But Suarez coming back, this is a fighter that I think the organization has visions of grandeur for. What do you make of this line though at at almost we're getting close to eight dollars potentially by Saturday. Do you think she should be that big a favorite over Montana de la Rosa?
5: When the fight's over, we'll all think she should be. I mean, listen <laughs> this is a, this is a brand new lawnmower getting revved up and going right through spring grass and not to take anything away from young de La rosa who's a who's a fine athlete works hard trains at elevation and she does everything she can do to be good but she, this is a, this is not good matchmaking this is a one-sided affair and this uh, uh matchmaking to me sets up Suarez to to look exactly as you were explaining and to propel her up and into contention in the shortest amount of time. At the end of the day, if she returns like she left, Mm. her wrestling game is fire and she's close to unstoppable.
6: You know, I mentioned off the top of the show that Blanchfield looks like she could be in line to, to fight the bullet next if Shevchenko gets by Alexa Grasso in two weeks. What about Suarez? You think she's really – we're looking for new blood at 125, and this certainly feels like the future.
5: Her, there's her, and then there's uh, Santo, uh, uh, Talia Santos, yeah. excuse me, the young lady that got bumped from the fight. Last week. So th- the UFC is putting some excitement into this division. I believe it's wide open. Blanchfield has said she doesn't mind fighting someone else on the way in, it can only help her. She's a very mature young lady i'm mad at her however because she didn't let that fight go into the third round last week but i'll <laughs> forgive her Yeah, she gets she took
6: care of business a little bit too quickly for some of us hey lou nice. uh, great stuff as always again the about business podcast check it out each and every friday
5: right that's when those releases officially come out each and every friday after the weigh ins we drop a 14 16 minute podcast i appreciate you mentioning it dave Good luck to everybody out there. Enjoy these fights. I always look forward to the conversations, Lou. Check them out again on Twitter at
6: Gamblue. Come on back, Jordan Sherwood, next from Chicago here on First Strike.
0: Attention, all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back. And joining me, once again, is the one and only Jeff Dye.
2: Anyone can win. Relationships matter. And only one all-star will claim the title of challenge champion. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals.
6: DraftKings Sportsbook is giving you plenty of ways to bet the UFC. Just download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. You're going to be able to bet on many more ways than just the main event. DraftKings has great odds on fight lines, total rounds, and futures for all MMA events. Eligibility restrictions do apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for the full terms and conditions. Rolling on this edition of First Strike here in Las Vegas. I am Dave Ross going out to Jordan Sherwood in the great city of Chicago. You can follow Jordan as I do at Wood on ESPN 1000. He is the host of the unnamed MMA podcast and looking dapper and debonair in that suit today, Jordan. Uh, I don't want to give away all your plays, but I get excited when our experts send in their plays and I look over them. And I know you're like, hey, you don't get paid extra to do extra time you're thinking we might get some stoppages come at uh ufc apex time on saturday
7: i i do i, I think the matchups uh lend to that particularly as you get further and further uh, you know into the card talk about the main event and co-main event i mean fighters from all calibers that are finishers and in particular you you, you know we talk about this dave when you find matchups that you like mm-hmm. like when you find you know a skill set that you like you like in particular like you know, Muniz and, and, Brandon Allen, like I, I, you know, Andres Muniz is a special type of fighter from a submission standpoint. Like he goes out there and he submits guys, he breaks people's arms. And I think Brendan Allen is the type of matchup, although he's really, I think one time been submitted in his career and is very early in his career is going to lend that opportunity because he likes to grapple. He also likes to get fights, you know, to the ground. So when I'm looking at a guy that is a specialist in, in Munez, who's got, you know, what 19 finishes, yeah. uh, of his 23 wins. Uh, you know, like what 15 of them have come via submission and you're getting plus money for a submission. I, I, I love that play because I think Munez is going to be able to take advantage of the matchup. Brendan Allen's maybe going to try and stand for a little bit, but he's comfortable grappling and that's right. in Muniz's wheelhouse.
6: Yeah. That's the co-main event there. And you mentioned it there. If you like Andre here, and you like him via sub plus $1.20. Now, this number, as I talked about with Lou Finnecaro in the first segment, Jordan, is it's really been steamed on the way of uh, Muniz here as the week is going on. We'll see how this goes once we get to Saturday. Uh, but you do like to take Andre in the under two and a half rounds, and and you think that that's the way it's going to go? We're not going to hit the cards in this one?
7: Uh, I do. I mean, look, I understand that Muniz had, had a three-round decision win over Uriah Hall his last time out, but outside of that, the dude goes out and he finishes people. And he doesn't waste really any time. And Brendan Allen's kind of like an all action fighter too. You know, he's been stopped via strikes, you know, going up to two Oh five kind of experimenting that with that a little bit. I just think that both these guys are finishers. Both these guys fight at extremely fast pace. So. I do like the under, but I I'd probably rather play it safe and, and put down a dollar fifty on the two and a half round as opposed to what you see there on the screen. Uh just the under at one and a half. I, I think at plus money there's a little bit of a risk there because again, Brendan Allen's only been submitted one time in his mixed martial arts career against Trevin Giles. Wow way back in like 2016. So doesn't lead Creed into a submission, but I think it's going to happen on Saturday night.
6: And let's get to the main event here. And very quickly, before we really break down that fight in your eyes, Jordan, do you look at the, the venue? And when you have UFC Apex and the smaller octagon, and so you've got a couple underplays here in the co-main in the main event, does that play into the handicap? Because, look, for wrestlers, we're going to be right there. It's not like we have this big cage that you can run and hide. It's hard to hide at UFC Apex. Yeah, not not in
7: particular with this this main event. I mean, I think both guys are finishers, but like if we get the chance to talk to the the maze Sakai yeah. fight, mm-hmm. like Sakai needs movement, Sakai needs space to be able to work, you know, his Muay Thai. But way in particular with Prilov and and Span, no, I I, I don't think the smaller octagon is going to play a, a, a reason why I'm going to play one way or another. I just think Prylov is the better fighter, better mm-hmm. overall all around fighter. I love his story. I love the stories of guys that are bounced from the UFC. Although I think he was like released unceremoniously. He shouldn't have been released at the time he was, but he he made his way back to the UFC. And now look, he's won two fights in a row. Uh he's he's looked good against Vulcan Uzdemir. Not a lot of people predicted him to to come out of that fight. And for a guy against Span, like Span needs to get a guy that he's gonna knock out. And I, I just probably doesn't get knocked out. Like he's been hurt before and he's been subbed because he's been hurt. But I I mean the dude's got a great chin or he showcased a great chin as of late. So I, I think Krylov is the play here, especially what at a dollar seventy that you can grab him more ways to win for this fight for him for sure.
6: Yeah, I, I'm with you. I feel like in the main event, if you like Nikita in this one, that number might get pricey before you get to Saturday. So if you're on the side of the favorite here, that minus dollar seventy might be the best one you get. You like the under two and a half. Does that is that because you know the way Ryan Superman span likes to fight, which is quick? He's gonna come out, he's gonna try to get you now a potential five round fight. It doesn't seem like the longer the night goes here in Vegas, it behooves Ryan Spann. If he's going to get something done, you think would have to get done early, right? Because yeah, the wo- cardio yeah, becomes I, I, an
7: issue. It, it, cardio becomes an issue. But he's also kind of, you know, he's also kind of a late finisher as well. Like he doesn't finish a lot of guys early in those first 30 seconds or that first, first round. I think that he's a guy that like looks for the finishes kind of late, but I, I, I'm on the, again, I'm on the Krylov side. And I think that that just his his pace his pressure uh, and his submission ability is going to cause some issues for Ryan Spann. And look, I, I don't want to say like, you can't take credit in Dominic Reyes' the, the win he had Dominic, something's wrong with Dominic Reyes. So I don't yeah. hold that as in high regard, maybe as initially I thought uh, for Ryan Spann uh, coming into this fight, though, his last victory.
6: Yeah. Dominic, he's not been the same guy that we saw certainly about three, four years ago. Let's get to Dontale maze because Dontale is a, a small dog. You ever seen about a plus a dollar, 20 uh, pretty much market-wide here on a Tuesday against Augusta Sakai. Now, Sakai was a guy that was on a hot streak, and then all of a sudden you know, you lose a couple in a row and, and things start to, to go the other way. He is a small betting favorite at minus $1. forty. What do you make of Mays? Because I think you lean towards the underdog here.
7: I, I, I do. I, I think that, look, first off, how can you trust a guy in Augusta Sakai that's, that lost four fights in a row and he's been finishing all four of those fights? Mm. I mean, that that's worrisome for sure. Uh, secondly, and I understand it's, it's a dramatic step down in competition with Dontel Mays. I just don't trust the chin. So I just don't think, again, the smaller octagon, as we just talked about, Augustus Sakai needs to be able to have space, have movement, be able to work his Muay Thai and get this fight to the ground. Dantel Mays, I think, just needs to touch Augustus Sakai once and the lights are going out. But as I just mentioned with Ryan Span, Dontel Mays is also a late finisher. He's not a guy that goes out there and finishes guys early in fights. I think he needs to get settled and get comfortable. So that's why I don't like the under one and a half. I like the under a two and a half just to be safe. But I do think Dontell his size, the reach, is going to cause some issues. Again, you can't trust a guy that's been finished four fights in a row all by knockout.
6: Yeah, it's six six for Mays, right? He's got a four inch reach advantage here, so we know what the blueprint's going to be for the underdog. It's going to be use that jab. See if you can throw some right hands and try to get Sakai out of there. Because to your point, Jordan, sometimes you get chinny, right? After a while, man, when you're getting stopped after stopped after stopped, that's in the back of your mind, too. So if Sakai cannot get this fight down to the ground, it's going to be a hard path to victory via KO, DQ, And that's why it's plus $2 for either guy, which shows you the betting market thinks the underdog's got as good a chance as the favorite to get a TKO.
7: Exactly, and and again too, as you just alluded to, if Sakai can get this fight to the ground, how Mays has struggled there. He's right. been submitted what twice uh, in his UFC career when fights have gone to the ground. So if if, if Sakai can do that, certainly. But I, I I like the value on Mays here early in the week, and I certainly believe that it's one guy's finishing the other. So under two and a half for sure is the play for me.
6: Amazing props when you look at him there. Both guys sixteen to one to get a sub. Maybe if you like Sakai and want to take a, a shot there in our in our rationale here. A sub at 16 to 1 for Sakai feels like it's more likely than Mays at 16 to 1. I'd look for that KO <laughs> yeah. prop there, right? All right, let's of get course. to uh let's get to Tatiana Suarez because look, you know, Blanchfield really stole the show at 125 last weekend with her win. And maybe she's in line for the winner of Alexa Grasso against the bullet, Valentina Shevchenko. But could you make the case for Suarez now back in the mix, still undefeated, in a fight against Montana de la Rosa? We know how tough Montana is. But she's boy. We got a minus seven fifty for Suarez, a five dollar betting underdog here. Plus five fifty for De La Rosa. Does she have any shot at all to pull a big upset?
7: I I, I don't believe so. Maybe you go with with Ring rust. You know Tatiana Suarez is not fighting since twenty nineteen, and is and is if this was twenty nineteen, like she'd be fighting for the championship. Like right. that's how good and talented Tatiana Suarez is, but she just hasn't been able to stay healthy, hasn't been able to book a fight. I, I'll say this. It's worthy of consideration if Tatiana Suarez goes out there and beats Montana De La Rosa like in 30 seconds, because Montana De La Rosa like doesn't get finished. Like she's such a hard out, and if Suarez is able to go there and just steamroll her, you know, beat her in 30 seconds, then maybe I consider it. But like everything is pointing to this fight going to the judges' scorecards. I mean, even Suarez by decision is plus 105. Like it's the shortest odds on on the board if you're mm-hmm. going prop for her. So like like people are expecting just like three round kind of, you know, fight that Suarez just dominates and controls. And for me, if you do that against Montana, De La Rosa, like, well, everybody kind of does that against Montana, De La Rosa in some way, <laughs> shape or form. So you don't deserve a title shot, but I still think it's safe. I, I think there's too much risk to, to think Tatiana Suarez is going to just steamroll and come right out of the gates after three years out, out of the octagon. So safest play for me is Suarez on decision. It's I, I'd like it to be a little bit higher at plus money, but right now, what, what plus a 105, 110? That's what you're going to get.
6: Yeah, and again, if you think the fight's going go to go the decision without picking a winner, minus thirty five here. But yeah, much better way to play it, unless Suarez is a ball of fire in the first two and a half minutes, could hit the cards on this one. I certainly like where your head's at. Jordan, appreciate it as well, uh, as often, my friend. We'll look forward to the fights and talking to you next week before the big card uh, next weekend. Enjoy this one this week. When we right, come dude, back... I- Going to talk to Dan Vreeland next, here on First Right.
0: Attention, all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back. And joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye.
6: Start your morning with Visa's Daily Morning Bets. Josh Applebon gives you every piece of info you need to be ready for betting the day's biggest games in just 15 minutes. He discusses line movement, injuries, and what you need to be looking at before you make those bets. So make the Visa Daily Morning Bets podcast part of your morning routine. Download and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Dave Ross back here in Las Vegas. I'm curious what Dan Vreeland's morning looks like because, Dan, you've got... A host of shows you're a writer at gambling podcast cage side press host of top turtle mma and sgpn mma so do you just start off with a boatload of coffee before you get into the mma day yeah today actually involved a whole lot of
8: snow shoveling because in the (laughs) northeast uh we got that that snow that you were talking about last week so uh yeah i finally got the payback
6: on that end. <laughs> yeah, finally, you guys. Yeah, we had that. we're had we supposed to get snow out here in Las Vegas again uh, this weekend. Again, you can follow Dan as I do on Twitter at Gumby Vreeland. Great follow, as always. And, Dan, I don't know if I'm – I hope you're as excited as I am for the O'Day Osborne fight against Charles Johnson because I know you like to go to some of the fights here earlier in the card. So I look at O'Day here, and he's a, a small dog in this one. I'm seeing about plus $1.35 against Charles, uh, minus $1.65 here in the favorite I have a feeling the dog is live in this one. A- am I right to be leaning towards Oday? I
8: think so, because I think, first of all, I think people are sleeping on him in general. He was winning that Tyson yes. Nam fight right up until he got sparked by Nam. And hey, look, Nam's got incredible knockout power. And what we've seen out of Oday recently is, really good distance management, really good kicks, really good boxing, really good staying out of range. And when you think about Charles Johnson, who first of all is taking this fight on short notice, which mm-hmm. already is, is kind of a nick in that direction, you also have a guy who has really relied on his wrestling In not for anything, you know, we, we think of Ode Osborne as like a distance striker. We think of him as a boxer. This is a guy who, Qualified for nationals in D3 wrestling and granted, you know, D3 wrestling, but this is a dude with a wrestling background in Ode Osborne. So, you know, I, I don't think you can just say that Charles Johnson is going to come out here and steamroll him in the wrestling department. And Charles Johnson got worked by Zeruk Adeshev on the feet particularly with the kick. So I think Ode is going to have a lot of success on the feet. And if Johnson tries to wrestle him, I think he's going to be in for a big surprise.
6: I'm with you. And I see that price tag plus $1. 40 i I'll be very curious to see where that line moves as we get closer, get closer and closer to fight day on Saturday. But right now that feels like a pretty good number for me. If you're on the side of the dog, in Ode Osborne. I did want to ask you about Haley Cowan uh, against Haley Perez here and Cowan right now, small favorite about minus a dollar 30. I'm seeing Perez plus a dollar 10 again, pretty tight line here. feels like it's pretty evenly matched. What are you seeing in this one, Dan?
8: Yeah, I'm actually all over Cowan in this one. I can't believe she's not a larger favorite. I'm uh, contender series. She didn't necessarily look like a world beater, but the one thing that she does clearly have on her side is physicality toughness up against the cage she's got really good wrestling and the one thing that I see is a big issue for Perez is and wrestling and people who can put her up against the cage. So, you know, I, I think this is a nightmare matchup for Aileen Perez. I think she's going to wind up being the less physically strong person in a fight where both of her looking to be the more physically strong person. I also think that this is a great fight that you can just take, you know, and, and I haven't seen the line on it yet, but you can take this fight, go to distance, mm. or if you're betting Haley Cowan, just bet Haley Cowan by decision, because while she is, you know, going to be the physically stronger person, she is going to work better in the clinch. I do think there is less finishing ability there than some people seem to think, you know, like I I do think, you know, this is probably going to stall out against the cage. This is probably going to stall out on the floor. So yeah. Give give me Haley Cowan by decision here.
6: Yeah. Get some plus money at that in in the offing there. If you like Cowan via decision as Dan does in that three round fight. Uh, What about Jose Johnson here? Plus a dollar 30 against Garrett Armfield here, minus a dollar 50 for Armfield. What do you see in this Bantamweight bat?
8: You know, this is another fight where I really like the underdog here in Jose Johnson. Jose Johnson was a guy who kind of missed his opportunity to get to the UFC multiple times, and he did so with, like, a failure to deal with the wrestling of his opponent Um, multiple times. He got out-wrestled by guys, or, you know, even in wins, like when he beat uh, Mo Miller back on the regional circuit, he got taken down and had to find a submission from his back. Then he comes back on the Contender Series, and not only does he win— He wins by using his wrestling. He winds up out wrestling Jack Cartwright, a British guy with phenomenal wrestling in his own right. So uh, I love the turnaround from Jose Johnson.
6: All right. So maybe a couple dogs to look at there earlier. I wonder when we get to the main card here, Dan, if the strategy changes at all. And I do want to start off with Muniz against Allen here and Brennan Allen right now, he's becoming a bigger and bigger dog as we get closer and closer to Saturday here again, I wonder if he'll be a $2 betting underdog by the time we get there right now plus $1.75 is he a live dog in your eyes or do you think Andre should be over a $2 betting favorite
8: You know I, I you know me I love a good underdog here but I actually think the reason the money's coming in on Muniz is this, this line is still not really reached where it ought to be I, I think Andre Muniz is probably a -250 -300 Woo. favorite here over Brendan Allen. if we're we're actually looking at what he is because he's phenomenal on the ground look he submitted Jacare, you're, you're one of the best grapplers in the division. If you're out there snapping Jacare's arm and Brendan <laughs> Allen is a guy who's largely relied on being a better wrestler and a better grappler than his opponents in fights. He's won. I don't think he's able to avoid the ground here against Muniz and I don't think he's able to win if it does go to the ground. So yeah, give me Andre Muniz here, uh, especially if you can get him early in the week before that number balloons up higher.
6: Again, potentially three rounds. If the fight goes to the ground and you mentioned, you know, the, the snap of, of Jacare, I, I'm still, uh, you know, that was one of my favorite guys to watch fight. So that was a tough night for yours truly. But do you think there is finishing potential here if it does hit the ground against Brennan? And really you're, you're not seeing a whole lot of pathways to victory for the dog here, other than keeping the fight standing.
8: Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, so I, I do think there's a potential for a submission there, but I will also just say with Brennan Allen having the submission skills he has, there is certainly the ability for this fight to go the distance. Mm. Um, and, and I think Andre Muniz might just control the fight and, and win this one by decision. I, I also definitely could see him getting the submission. So. I like to try to find extra value on the exact method here, but in this one, I think I'm just staying away from it and enjoying the fact that I really like the price Moody's is already at. Yeah,
6: sometimes a $2 betting favorite, you feel like you're still getting value because you think he should be a bigger favorite than that, maybe two fifty or get closer to $3. Uh, let's talk about Tatiana Suarez. And, I mean, it feels like it's been forever and a day since we've seen her in the octagon. The only thing that's stopped Tatiana Suarez has been injuries and now she's back off after a significant layoff against a really tough fighter in Montana De La Rosa. Now, we understand the, the physical uh, differences here and Suarez being one of those fighters at 125. We look at as potentially a, a a title contender, if not uh, Valentina Shevchenko doesn't want to hear this, but somebody that could challenge the bullet one day. Does she get closer to that day with an easy win over Montana De La Rosa, or do you think there's some resistance here from the plus 550 betting underdog?
8: I don't think there's very much resistance. Look, if you look at Tatiana Suarez's record, she out wrestled Carla Esparza. Mm. She she took down Carla Esparza at will. She, she submitted Alexa Grasso who is fighting for the title next month. She submitted her in a minute or in, I think it was two and a half minutes. Mm. Like she is going to be one of the best fighters in this division. And the thing is to, they just happen to match her with somebody who I actually think is a great matchup for her because Montana De La Rosa doesn't tend to win very many fights where she can't get her own wrestling go, right? Uh, She's not particularly polished on the feet. I I think if Tatiana Suarez had any issues and any ring rust that made it so that she couldn't get Montana De La Rosa down, I think she just winds up winning a boxing match because I actually think she's a little bit better of a boxer. And if this fight does wind up on the ground, it's going to be Tatiana Suarez on on top. So yeah, g- give me Tatiana Suarez here, obviously a negative 700 or 750 <laughs> betting line doesn't look real nice, but actually there's some pretty nice finishing props out there for her. Wh- whether you like submission or TKO, I, I kind of lean in the submission way uh, because she she does look for that neck more often. And the fact that you can find her at like plus 225 for a submission right now, th- that sort of seems like the right route. Cause you know, while she might take this to decision, I, I actually think she's going to come out here and try to make a point.
6: And Montana de la Rosa, I kind of. I, I'm picking up what you're putting down with that one, Dan, because again, you've been out of the octagon for that long, it's like the old Roy Jones, y'all must have forgot. So, I think she might want to try to make that statement plus 225, much better than laying 750 here as a prohibited favorite. All right, when we get to the main event here, and you look at Span against uh, off here, what do you make of Nikita in this favorite spot here? I'm sensing from our experts that the longer the fight goes, it favors Nikita, and maybe Ryan tries to come out early. We know cardio can be an issue here. Right now, Superman, plus $1.45 is the dog.
8: Yeah, I don't think this fight is gonna last very long either way, because both of these guys have a tendency to make mistakes, and they're costly mistakes. Mm. Um, I I personally like Ryan's fan in this fight, and I like him early because Nikita Krylov is up against the guy for the very first time in a while who is going to have a pretty substantial reach advantage on him? He's got a three inch reach advantage, span does over Nikita Krilov. And Krilov is used to being the longer guy. He's six foot three, and his reach is even longer than his height. He wants up with like a six foot five reach, but he's going to be up against the guy with a six foot eight reach and two inches of height advantage on him. I think that automatically negates some of the boxing that he does in the stuff that we saw him do against Vulcan Ozdemir that made him look good. And in addition to that, Nikita Krilov, while kind of known as a submission specialist, as a guy who does really good work with submissions, sometimes has trouble with his submission defense. When he gets really desperate for takedowns and he shoots, he's been caught in submissions lots of times before. Span is a bunch of guillotine chokes. Look for that again this weekend.
6: Maybe Superman gets it done early on Saturday night out here in Las Vegas. Dan, appreciate it as always, my friend. Enjoy the fights. We'll see you next week. When we come back, we're going to Washington, D.C. Reed Coon joins the program next here on First Strike. We roll on this edition of First Strike here in Las Vegas. Always a pleasure to go back to my old stomping grounds, Washington, D.C. Reed Coon is there. He is the author of the book, Fightnomics. Follow him on Twitter as I do, at the same handle, at Fightnomics. Reed, great to have you back in the program this week, my friend. I know we all can't wait for Gon and Jones. That's going to be coming up, the heavyweight clash. But, you know, we, we saw it last week with Blanchfield kind of making a name for herself. In that big win in a spotlight show, it feels like that's the opportunity that we're going to see here in this main event here with Nikita Krylov against Ryan Superman Span. Guys have been around the block. I know you've got data on them. What are the numbers showing for you here in this light heavyweight matchup?
9: Yeah, this matchup is a lot of finishing potential. First of all, Uh, Krylov used to be kind of a guaranteed show. He, He almost never took the fight very long. Um, whether it was knocking out submissions or getting knocked out himself, kind of a wild card. Uh, But in this matchup, I think both fighters were going to see what they're capable of because when the price started, Krylov was only a mild favorite and I did lean his way. And the reason I leaned his way is because yes, he's dangerous on the feet, but he's more likely to put this on the ground and he's capable of playing it safe on the ground. And I like that in this matchup. However, he also fights pretty sloppy when he's on the feet. Hmm. And as that price started drifting up, the span knockout prop suddenly becomes more and more interesting. And so I'm, I'm going to have to see where the prices land here. Originally, I, I thought I was going to have a play on Krylov. Now I'm flipping sides. I might have a play on span. Not really sure where this goes, but I do like the matchup. This is, you know, this is must watch TV. I think as far as matchups go,
6: you know, Reed that's so interesting because in some of the uh, fights in the past, You've seen numbers get out of line, and then with the data that you have, it then actually flips. And all of a sudden, the market price does not make sense for what the data shows. Is that what you're getting at here? That maybe if this thing gets to $2 for Nikita by Saturday, that's just not what the numbers show, that he should not be that big of a favorite.
9: Yeah, exactly. You're trying to come up with your own win probability and compare it to the market and say, yeah, I agree he's the favorite, but do I want to pay this price for that favorite? Because there's still a probability he loses. And at light heavyweight, it's the type of fight where you could be winning every minute right up until one punch, and then the fight is over the other direction. Uh, So that uncertainty you know, that risk is sort of baked into the models, but at the same time, you want to pay attention to that price and not overpay.
6: I think it's just, it's a great exercise out there, everybody. So again, yes, we're not saying that Krylov shouldn't be favored, but again, to Reed's point, the numbers show that he should not be a $2 betting favorite. So again, keep that in mind before you place those wagers out there. You're trying to find the best value that matches up with Reed's numbers. Uh, Let's get, you mentioned the total there and that potentially five round fight here, potentially here for a main event. We would think the longer the fight goes it favors Nikita and that Ryan might want to try to get the work done early. Do the numbers bear that out?
9: Yeah, I would agree with that. Um because if Nikita is able to stifle that striking threat of Span, he you know Span has the power and the red flag with Nikita is that he eats a lot of punches. He mm-hmm. doesn't worry much about defense and maybe he's gotten by that way, but as you get as you face better and better talent and all of a sudden you're in the main event you can't rely on your chin the way he has in the past and that's that's really introducing a problem so i think it's either span early or krylov late um, which makes it tricky. You know, it, it's nicer when you see a ton of finishing potential early or if you see a lot of wrestling on the, you know, in the program the way we did with Makachev. You know, ignore the price, just go with the total. But when they're on opposite sides, that makes it very tricky because you're either picking the side or you're picking the total, and the two are correlated. So, actually, this could be a situation where you go for a a same-game parlay.
6: Yeah, absolutely. Definitely correlated plays, it feels like, in this one. So, again, the over right now, one and a half, potentially five-round, plus a dollar. The under right now, slightly juiced at minus 130, because if Ryan gets it done, the thought process, it comes early. And as you mentioned, Kralov does eat a lot of punches. As your data dictates there and shows, uh, let's get to the co-main event here, Andre M- M- Muniz against uh, Brendan Allen here. And this is another line that feels like it's it's getting out of, out of hand here. At least we've seen it really switch in the last week to Allen now being a sizable underdog at plus a dollar seventy five. W- what are the numbers showing you? Are there pathways to victory for the dog, or do you think Andre should be over a two dollar betting
9: favorite? So again, I agree with the favorite here, but I'm also not seeing a ton of value in the line. And uh, same story as the last one here for very different reasons. Actually, both guys have been so successful with their grappling, and you have it kind of canceling out on the feet. But hard to argue with Muniz, at least so far, we've seen less of him. In, you know, He has half the octagon minutes as Brendan Allen. But what we've seen so far, he has been dominant on the mat, scoring submissions, controlling people, spending most of the time there. So. If it is a grappler versus grappler matchup, I think I'm going with Muniz simply as the superior grappler in this situation. He's got the higher credentials. He's got the more proven performance in terms of finishes. And so I would lean that way. Uh, But what if the submission doesn't come? Because Allen also has a pretty good submission game. Maybe he's also got the submission defense. That might stall the fight out, and we haven't seen Muniz really react to that type of problem. Um, So I— it feels a little bit safer because the stylistic matchup here that you can just pick, Hey, this is a grappler grappler. I'm going to go with a better grappler. And that's why I would be siding with Muniz, but also again, not going to pay a ton of money here because I don't know what happens if somehow Allen forces a standup and it turns into a, you know, two wrestlers who end up banging it out.
6: Yeah, exactly. We've seen that, uh, you know, you go back to Colby Covington, uh, certainly, in some of his title fights against Kamaru Usman, wrestler wrestler, and all of a sudden they stand and bang for five rounds. Again, potentially three rounds here. Uh, the over right now one and a half, slightly juiced minus a dollar forty. The under plus a dollar ten. So maybe those wrestlers will find out if there's any stand up game there. But I, again, follow read on Twitter at Fightnomics because I love when you put out hey finishing potential in, in this fight. You like to throw those things out there before we get to that fight. I'll be very curious to see what the number looks like on Saturday and what your final handicap is. Uh, let's go down this card a little bit, and let's go look at Augusto Sakai. and The track record for Augusto has not been pretty uh, as of late. And He felt like a fast tracker, and then all of a sudden, you lose four in a row, but yet he finds himself in the favorite role against Dontel Mays. What do you make of that with the numbers? It, it can't be confident— if you're betting Sakai after four straight losses, but we understand this is a major step up in competition for Mays.
9: Yeah, that resume doesn't look great. If you just, you know, go to the last few fights, but also look at who he was going against. He was going against some of the best strikers around. Um, and so that's going to deflate things. So sometimes a little context helps on paper. He comes a lot. He comes out a little bit ahead on the striking against Mays. And so that's why I would lean his way. Already, and then you think about the level of competition. When he was losing, if anything, coming off four straight losses, his numbers are deflated. Mm. And now all of a sudden, he's going in against you know more average talent. And so I actually like Sakai here, and for once, I am willing to pay pay the juice here and support him as a favorite, just because I think he's had better experience, and this is going to feel like more of his fight, where he can dictate the pace and use his own weapons. He's going to be the more accurate guy, Uh, maze not great defense to date, not great accuracy to date. So I just like the experience of Sakai on the feet. And this is a fight very unlikely to end up on the ground or at least spend a lot of time there. Uh, so that's why, again, the stylistic matchup says, if this is two strikers, then go with the better striker. And that's what I'm going to do with Sakai.
6: Yeah, small price tag to pay right now, minus $1. forty would not be that small had he not lost his last four fights. I'm trying to find, look, I love watching Montana De La Rosa fight, right? We know how tough she is. But she's going up against Tatiana Suarez. Now, we haven't seen Suarez in a long time. But again, she just feels like somebody in the roster, not that of Shevchenko would look past anybody, but you feel like you're waiting for Suarez to be healthy to potentially challenge the bullet for her crown one day. Does she take another step to that as a minus 750 betting favorite?
9: Yeah, so uh, this, in this case, when the models come out, you know, you agree with a price and it's a pass. Uh, so that just tells me that, all right, the math really does back up Suarez as a heavy favorite here. But what are you getting at that price return? Mm. Not a whole lot. So you're either going to use her as a parlay uh, or you're going to say, well, wait a minute. Montana De La Rosa is pretty competent on the ground and against any other opponent. She would probably have a big advantage. It's just that, after, you know, against a really decorated grappler like Suarez, that's where she starts to look like the lesser of the two. Uh, so if anything, maybe you know bank on de la Rosa to force this into the later rounds and and count on her to stretch the fight a little bit because when you have a price tag as extreme as Suarez, now all of a sudden you're think, that's what you compare to. Where can I find better value in this matchup than having to pay that straight up?
6: Yeah, it's it's a fascinating way to look at it. There's no way I'm laying 750 for just about any fight. So I'm right there with you, Reed. You maybe start to look at the totals there as a way to get better value in in that price tag because minus 750, I know we're not in the business of laying those type of numbers. Very quickly, you got about 30 seconds to go. Have you already started putting in the heavyweight data for John Jones against Cyril Gaon?
9: Yeah, you know I have. I mean, as soon as those lines came out, I threw it through, and uh, (laughs) I wanted to see where I was going to come out, just line them up by the numbers, I'll definitely be covering that next week. I do have a lean, don't want to spoil the surprise, but that is a stacked card. So we're gonna have a lot to talk about. Uh, Give me an extra two minutes next week.
6: I can't wait to see what the menu looks like on uh, the Reed uh, Kuhn household on that night. It's gonna be a doozy for that card. Reed, appreciate it as always my friend, enjoy the fights. And thanks for watching First Strike here on Visa. We'll see you next week, same time, same channel.